0: Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today I have Stephanie Jolie. Director of Night Bloom, super awesome human being and someone that really knows how to use Instagram. Like your Instagram is interesting. I'm gonna talk about that later, but thanks for coming to the podcast today.
1: Thanks for having me. I think we talked about my Instagram last time I was here.
0: Yeah, but like since then it's actually I have to start with you took so you know I, I did I started a Blackout Podcast as fun as part of a project whatever but then I had this interview with you and it just became something else so thank you for that so now that I'm having this part two I'm thinking it's gonna take it to the next level oh. so I'm already saying thank you for that but yeah yes you're right we did talk about your Instagram <laughs> last time but actually since between then and now like uh, it's it's even gone crazy yeah and there's a funny thing you did i don't know just what a couple of days ago where you were like you didn't even know people were following you you had this uh screenshot of people that were following is it from facebook and you did not even check oh that was friend request that was
1: for friend requests from facebook yeah. have you ever do you ever go on no. and it says do you have a facebook yeah i do yeah, have and a Facebook and it just says like look at your friend friend requests and it was just like, <laughs> so many, but it's not like they all popped in now. It's just, I don't check them very often. Mm. So I like the oldest was like five years ago. Jeez. And I'm like, some of these people have probably passed away. Oh, and like, oh my <laughs> God. I thought of that. I was just like, these, are these people even still around? Do they still want to be my friend? Like it was so long ago, but
0: yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Night blooms. I saw clips from the film looks stunning.
1: Yeah, and it's it's,
0: it's it's raw, like raw in its its real. It's it grabs you in your throat and shakes you, and but at the same time, so, so it's like you have this character that looks like I don't care about anything, but that attitude makes the film even more powerful. I don't know if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, because yeah, it's okay. so laid back. But yeah the every... main character the yeah, yeah 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 she's like you know whatever but like there's so many freaking things happening and like one yeah. of those one of the scenes I, I remember that struck me was in the i guess farmhouse with the guy and they were getting high on the thing what the f- <laughs> like what is what was that? i've never you know i was thinking it would be weed or whatever what was that
1: Yeah, so I grew up in a small town. I grew up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. And we don't say where this film takes place. It does take place in the late 90s, Mm. when I was a teenager. So it's not autobiographical, per se. Mm. But there are a lot of parallels, like I definitely drew from personal experiences or influences Mm. from my teenage life. So when you grew up in a small town and I don't want to say anything bad about Yarmouth because that's where I grew up and a lot of my family are still there and it's a lovely place and it's beautiful. To visit. And they shot
0: lighthouse there.
1: Yeah, they shot the lighthouse there, exactly. Um, but my experience growing up there, and I feel like I have to be careful when I say this because I think everybody has, everybody can come from the same place mm. and say that's not, that wasn't my experience of that mm. town, right? Because everyone has different lives and experiences. For me, I just didn't have anything to do. I didn't play sports. So there wasn't, and we weren't, we weren't, we didn't have money. So it's not like I could take classes and all these things. So what else is there to do in a small town except uh, go, you know, out back and get high and <laughs> <laughs> and like break windows and, and ca- you know, cottages and just kind of get into trouble and stuff. So that's, I put a lot of that in the movie. Mm. Um, and I, I'm not trying to, and I did almost, so in the scene you're talking about, they get high off air freshener. How does
0: that, like, you literally just do that? Like, how does that work? I, I didn't even know this is a thing till I saw that clip. I didn't know this. I, I and guess. then you
1: went home and you're like, let me see if I have any air freshener around and see if we can have a party. Now, um, I considered doing, okay, so when I was a teenager, I was an, I mean, I was an idiot. And this was also pre-internet. So mm. this is like, you know, Google, mm. this was just like, someone told me my cousin, someone's cousin once got high off of inhaling the, whatever, cleaning product. And you go, maybe I'll try that. <laughs> and I didn't think like, maybe that could kill me or right, is that dangerous? Right. I was just like, well, I'm kind of bored. I'll try Like we would just hear about stuff mm. that you could kind of get high on. Mm. And then we would actually try it because again, we were not smart people (laughs) so i i was like well i'm gonna put that in the movie and then i was like oh maybe i shouldn't because like i don't want to actually encourage people to try to get high off stuff that's dangerous so then i was like maybe i shouldn't but then i was like well i'm not making a movie for kids Mm. i'm making you know it's kind Mm. of adult content so i was like okay well maybe by the time uh, you know, the adults are watching, the t- the age that you are while you're watching this, hopefully you're not going to go, I'm, I'm not going to influence out. you to go get high <laughs> off of air freshener or gasoline or, or cleaning products or like really? whatever else. So I ultimately decided to keep it in. But um, I heard advi- uh, writing advice once that said something like, the more personal you can make it, the more universal it will be or something, which seems like a contradiction. Mm. But... I decided to go that way and like, we just went with personal experiences hmm. and seems to be resonating with people. Yeah. A few people of my age have been like, oh yeah, that was, <laughs> me. That was me in high school. Like, I think it's kind of speaking to some people.
0: And um, uh, yeah, the, okay first, let's rewind a bit. Why did hmm. you decide to make this film?
1: Why did I decide to make Night Blooms? I really wanted to make a feature film um, I had a few ideas. Mm. I went to Mark Tetro and he and Jason LeVangie produced the movie. And I went to Mark Tetro and I said, hey, um, I want to apply for some telefilm funding to, to make a movie, and you can only do that, like, once a year they do the telefilm intake. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know the deadline's coming up, and I don't want to wait another year. Let's just try it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, what do you got? And I pitched him a few ideas that I had, and this was one of them. And he's like, hmm, that's interesting, because the me too movement was you know just starting mm. at the time so there was a lot of convers- uh, a lot of conversations were being had about um, consent mm. and you know predatory behavior and things like that so my movie night blooms explores this relationship through the the protagonist Carly who's 17 years old Mm. and she has an affair with her friend's father she she sleeps with her friend's father who's in his 40s Mm. so again this takes place in the 90s which I think makes it different right now I think it would be very black and white of not good you know but in the 90s things were a little bit different than they are now Mm -hmm. um, as far as what people thought about consent and age differences in in relationships but um, I didn't want to hit it on the head with like he's a predator, he's a villain, she's an innocent victim, and and that's the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like, especially at that time with, you know, the Me Too movement and these mm-hmm. conversations being had, which I'm, I'm very supportive of, I'm a feminist and I'm very like, uh, women should be believed and women should be heard, and I'm very much on that side of the of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are there is some, like, really interesting stuff in the kind of murkiness of consent, because in this story she's, she is consenting. Mm. She she pursues him. You know, so not to say that... She, I also didn't want to make her the villain. I didn't want it to be like a Lolita. Like, she's some, uh, you know, seducing him and, and he is a victim. Like, I didn't want it to be that way either. I just wanted it to be, like, awkward and murky mm. and gray in an area... In a world where we really don't like gray areas. Mm. We really want...
0: Black and white. You Mm. just tell
1: me what's good and what's bad. Who's Mm. the villain and who's the hero? Mm. And that's how we're comfortable, I think, now more than ever in our society. And I was like, well, making a story about a younger woman and an older man where she's the victim would be so easy to write. Mm. Not to say that those stories aren't important. Of course, they're important. They should be told. But, like, for me, I was like, that would be what everyone kind of expects. Mm. So, like, maybe if I make it a little messier...
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I
1: feel like that's a little bit more interesting. So that's what I did.
0: Yeah, it's super mis- she gets arrested also. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's not for the seducing... That's not for the relationship. Right, 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 right. Also, yeah, she yeah. gets arrested. That, I will say, there's a scene in the movie where Carly gets arrested because she pawns... She has, like, some sketchy friends. Mm. And her friends are like, you should pawn this for me. And she's like, is it stolen? And they're like, no, mm. of course it is. So then she gets called to the in class gets called to the principal's office and she goes into the principal's office where there's a police officer Mm. and the police officer is like we believe you stole some items from this house that was broken into and she's like what are you talking about turns out the stuff she's pawned for her buddy uh, of course was stolen from some house so they think she broke into the house and stole Mm. it And in the scene, she like refuses to give it up. She's like, I know who gave it to me, but like, I'll never tell, you know, because I'm not a rat, you know. So she gets arrested. And in the scene, they arrest her and they take her down the hallway of high school just as the bell rings and all of the students come out to see her being arrested.
0: That was, you know, it's weird watching that scene now. Okay. Because of COVID. (laughs) (laughs)
1: i didn't think that's where you were gonna go yeah
0: yeah i remember watching that i was like oh yeah you shot it a while ago we
1: shot it (laughs) pre-covid yeah yeah that's true you could tell there yeah (laughs) yeah but that scene is one of the only scenes that's directly from my life Wait, you arrest that? That exact thing happened to me. I what? got arrested in high school. At the, I have this memory, and it is like one of the most badass memories. Not that I'm like getting arrested is cool, but I really thought I was cool. Like I wasn't like, oh no, my life's over. I'm I was crying. I was just like, I am the coolest kid in school right now. And they arrest. They did the same thing happened. Except yeah, yeah, right. except here's the difference that yeah. I made the movie cooler because in the movie, Carly's like, I'll never tell. In real life, I'm like, oh, I'll just tell you his name. <laughs> I was like, I'll just write out these people. Like, I wasn't cool like Carly. But in real life, it did happen where I just said, I'll tell you his name or whatever, but they still took me down to the station. Mm. So they did actually, they put put my hands behind my back, the only time I've ever been arrested.
0: Holy shit.
1: Handcuffed me, took me down the hall, and I swear to God, mm. the, the bell rings. <laughs> and I'm in high school. And it's a small town, as I mentioned, so everyone knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody. And this isn't the kind of thing that happens every day in our high school. So I'm, like, being, you know, walked down the hall like this. this." (laughs) There's was actually two police officers in real life, but, of course, low-budget movie. We cut it down to one. Yeah. Uh, And they walked me through, and I was like this. And I had my head held up high, and everyone was coming out, and it was like... It was like a movie scene, and I remember thinking, <laughs> this is like a movie scene, and everyone's coming out of class going like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like nobody knew, some people were laughing, some people were like, yeah, like yeah. scared, they didn't know what was going on, and I was just like, I am the queen of high school, oh because I I didn't try to be popular in high school, I wanted to be a freak, I wanted to be the thing people were talking about, I wanted to like reject Why? them. Why? Um, I don't know, like, psychologically, why? I I mean, therapists would probably say, because if I rejected them, they couldn't reject me. Mm. Probably. But I I love like, I liked it when people were scared of me a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, oh, God, she's cool. She's kind of scary. She got arrested. Like, I was kind of known (laughs) for (laughs) this. Even though, like, I wasn't violent. I wasn't mean. Like, I certainly wasn't a bully. I didn't bully other people or anything like that. But... But there was something about it that was, and I, I told the producers, I'm like, this has to be like I was so specific about what that scene looked like, mm. and they're like, it's because is it's directly from your life. I'm like, yes, it has to be exactly like it was in mm. my memory. So, mm. wow,
0: okay. um, <laughs> so the process of making this, you reach out to <coughs> Mark and Jason. Yeah,
1: so let's go, yeah, back to the beginning. yeah, yeah, so I pitched them uh, the ideas that I had and oh yeah like I said so me too kind of conversation was having so it was being had at the time so Mark Tetro thought oh well that's an interesting take you know from that story and he's mm-hmm. like a man you know a man couldn't tell that story like you you know you telling that story and kind of having kind of real life uh, you know being a teenager at that time uh, uh, is very interesting mm-hmm. so so he's like let's let's pitch that one to to Telefilm so I had it as a kind of a treatment sort of written. So I went back to it and like rewrote it and, and changed the names. Because mm. <laughs> in, mm. in the original script, it was just like my name, <laughs> <laughs> my friends' names. Like it was like kind of, I kind of based them on, on real life characters. I was like, I can't do that. So I had to change everyone's names and actually dramatize it more. Mm. And like make stuff up and, and stuff like that. So that it wasn't just like, here's an example of things. Up? Sorry?
0: Did you know what the ending would be?
1: uh well, you don't know what the ending is you haven't seen no the whole film yet yeah. no um did i know at that time what the ending would be no except i will say this i really like endings where nobody wins do you kind of know what that is that my phone ringing? do you kind of know what that that what i mean by mm. that like i don't like happy endings
0: mm. yeah not a you yeah, know hollywood yeah. <clears throat> okay.
1: So, I like. Um, I'm just trying to think about how to. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna get this wrong in trying to explain it, but I think there's like four different options for endings. It's like the the hero, the protagonist of your story, can at the end get what they want and what they need. So you know how like characters through your stories they should have a want and a need. Mm-hmm. And they often don't even know what the need is, but mm-hmm. you know, you figure that out through the story. So at the end it's like the character can either get what they want and they and what they need. Happiest ending. Mm-hmm. You get what they want but not what they need. Saddish ending, right? So you can I like it when characters don't get what they want or what they need. <laughs> so I like it when all the characters in the, in the stories fail to some degree. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't like give away the ending but I guess no, that's yeah. not really giving away anything. Yeah, no, that's not giving away. It's not the happiest and I I've, I've shown the film a couple times. We haven't shown it very much. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be playing in Halifax in April. First time we played it here, which is this is where we shot it and this is where all, most of the cast and crew are. Mm-hmm. Um so that's exciting. But we have played a few fest a few festivals and when I've done Q&As it's like <laughs> because I'm kind of like happy yeah. I'm like, hey, thanks for coming to the movie. And but the like, movie is the so fun sad. Do we just watch? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's awkward and sad and hard to watch at times. And then towards the end, it gets really some sad stuff happens. Mm. And then it's like, okay, cut to credits. And then I'm like, so. How's everyone doing? And like people are like, oh my god, like. My vibe and the movies vibe—I like, don't think who really match. <laughs> <laughs> like, so is everyone ready to party? And they're like, "No, I want to go home and kill myself." So, it's kind of funny, but what can I say? I, I guess I just—I just don't like happy endings. I don't know.
0: Okay, well they're also kind of powerful though, because uh, it forces you to think and be like, "Huh, you know, what would I do in that situation? Would I do this? Would I do that?" But okay, you know, I, I say as a director, um, if you if you get your cast correct, like if you, mm. if you do it, like the casting, if you get it just right, like eighty percent of your work is done. And I think you did it here without Kali, like, I, you know, I don't want to say she's you or whatever, but she embodies that character. Like you can mm-hmm. you can believe this person has, is living that life that they are living. In this,
1: yeah, she's a good actor.
0: Place that she's in. Uh, did you know you were going to use her, or did no. you have a casting call?
1: Uh, casting call, yeah. And we we auditioned a lot of people. I can imagine, yeah, yeah. a lot of people. Um, and yeah, Jessica Clement is her name, who plays Carly, the lead uh, in the film, and she is from Ontario. And she's gonna come down to Halifax to further our screening though, which mm-hmm. is gonna be cool. Um, she, that's really a testament to how good she is as an actor because she is not like that at all in real life. Mm. Like, that is so not her personality. She is so bubbly. She's probably like the most bubbly person I've ever met. Like, she oh, is just wow. like. Hey! and she's like she brings like cupcakes and cookies to set every day and she's like hey everyone like she's so happy and excited mm-hmm. and then it's like action she's just like yeah <laughs> getting high off her air freshener and like, smoking her cigarettes <laughs> and she's like not that character yeah. so it's it's cool even if, if even if people play something similar to themselves mm-hmm. i'm still impressed because right, right, you know right. it's, it's it, when you're good on screen it's it's cool to see but I was like, "Wow, she's really not this mm. character. She can really go, you know, somewhere else." Um, which what is part? Very like,
0: impressive. I guess you wrote the film. What What part in the film did you know you're going to use when it came to your casting?
1: Like, just the the scenes I chose. Right, right. Um, I don't remember. Mm. It's been almost three years that is since other we started How did you movie? feel sitting
0: down this film that long? Like,
1: oh, I was so annoyed so many times through the process of this because we started filming almost three years ago so pre covid we had the film finished i won't get into the nitty-gritty of how all this works but there was the film was finished but there was a little bit of funding that was meant for uh additional footage like kind of reshoots i had a couple scenes we were going to add so we were playing around with how we were going to schedule that and then COVID hit. -hmm. but we couldn't scrap we couldn't just say never mind we're not going to do the reshoots so we had to wait. Mm. So we waited for a year of nothing. So the movie wasn't even done; it was just almost done. So that, that was annoying. Mm. And then we, when COVID sort of started letting up a little bit, mm. then like restrictions and stuff started to get lifted a bit. Um, the the DP and our one of our uh, producing buddies, Tim Mumbraket, went to. They actually flew to Ontario, where Jessica lived, and I directed over Zoom. (laughs) They filmed the scene where she's talking on the phone right, to her, the guy she's trying to have sex with. And then they flew to LA, where Nick Stahl lives, who plays the man. Mm. And and they filmed the other side of the conversation with him. And I directed that over Zoom.
0: That's so expensive.
1: Yeah and it's ridiculous and it shouldn't ever be done that way but it's covid and there was no other way we could do it mm. and we had we had to put that funding towards the shoot and How that, long
0: did you how long was each day of shooting?
1: The days mm. the days were standard 12 hour days fuck
0: me yes yeah, so. how was it like for you sitting on the screen and just looking i mean i how was that the like, editing no no no. like what like directing them through zoom and stuff
1: oh oh those days sorry i thought you meant every oh, day oh no no just um, the zoom um, days the zoom days were a little shorter i don't remember how long they were I have a bad memory, if you can't tell. <laughs> I don't remember how long they were. But uh, they were 12, but they were they were less than 12, for sure. Because it was kind of like one scene in each. And then we added a little bit of B-roll. Mm. Like, we added a few things to make up make up the day. But, um, yeah, so that, so that's another thing that took a while. And then we were able to edit. Mm. And so, throughout COVID, finished the editing. And then there's, you know, color and sound design and all the stuff you have to do after mm-hmm. the picture lock. Um, so, for all of those reasons... <laughs> The film has taken a long time to come out. But I still think it's... I still think it's relevant. I still think it's a story that uh, a lot of people... I think it's, so far, especially women around my age, have been the most receptive to it. And they're like, oh, I see myself. Mm. That's me.
0: Did you... You know, you have to do that marketing thing. Did you say that's who the audience uh, the film was for? Like,
1: Oh, the... Test screenings.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, we did one test screening. How was that? Uh, it went well, and I didn't go. So we didn't. Why wouldn't you go? We didn't go because we didn't want anyone to know whose movie it was. So right, we invited right, right. people, like not not friends, family, yeah. no one who knew the mo- what the movie was about. And we kind of got me and Jason and Mark the producers we kind of like reached out to like friends of friends like hey can you bring a couple people from your not film industry people Mm. like hey you're a nurse can you bring some nursing friends or whatever and like don't tell them it's a friend of a friend's movie right so we kind of got people to come in that didn't really 100% know what they were watching they didn't know it was a local movie they probably figured it out when they started watching Mm -hmm. but we took the credits off so you didn't know who directed it because we wanted honest feedback Mm -hmm. because that's a complaint i have about i think we talked about this last time that's a complaint i have about this industry is gonna be
0: like oh it's good yeah
1: and i love i love that people in nova scotia are so supportive because Mm. like that's not a bad thing that's not a bad problem to have about the place you people are too nice around here you know it's not a bad problem yeah but unfortunately i think it holds some people back
0: Mm.
1: creatively because Everything you do, everyone loves. It's you know how like the stereotype of your parents will be like, oh, you're great. You know, Mm. even because they're they can't be, they can't see it for what it is. They see it as they're so proud of you. And I think there's some feelings, there's some similar feelings with friends and family as well as just our community. Because I know when I go see a local movie, I want to like it, so Mm. I go in immediately. Like, there's already a bias there. I already have a bias, and I want my friends to succeed. And Mm. I'm like, great job. But if you're looking for real, harsh criticism, Mm -hmm. which I was, I was like, give me the real feedback. Give Mm -hmm. me the, I hate this movie. This makes no sense. I wanted to walk out. Give me the real stuff. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if, you know, 60, 70% of the people that were there all really hated one character, all really hated, like, this scene really pissed me off or whatever, then I'd not necessarily have to change it, but at least I would be, like, aware, okay, I wonder why that is. Maybe I could push it in this direction or push it in that. Because my big question for the test screening was, like, do you hate either character? Because I didn't want everyone to hate the Wayne character, and I didn't want everyone to hate the Carly character. So I wanted to make sure it was a little bit more. Oh, I kind of didn't like either of them, but I was a little more on her side or a little more on his.
0: There's there's a scene talking about that. There's a scene where Wayne comes in and kind of like acts like this hero, uh, like this other. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, this stepfather yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, when when <laughs> there's a there's a show, <clears throat> there's a show on Netflix, and if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's called Arcane. Mm-hmm. Is amazing because I, I think that's kind of like the feel I get from Night Bloom. Like it's not about good or bad. It's just like people that are doing things for reasons. And it might that's, not make sense to that's you. A really
1: good description yeah, of like, what movies or TV shows should be. To people me, doing things for reasons. Yeah,
0: to me, it makes like it makes all the sense in the world why I'm doing this. I like for because the very first... I don't know if that was the first time... I th- actually, I think that scene I saw was the first time she saw the guy. Like, that was the first meeting she saw. when. No...
1: No, it wasn't the first time they meet.
0: Oh, oh okay. Yeah, so maybe like, I, I
1: didn't send you the clips in the right order That made.
0: Oh, okay, because, like, I remember the way she looked at this guy, I was like, oh, boy. Oh, By then, oh, they, boy, they had oh, already boy, oh, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. boy, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, when, when I was watching, I was like, hmm, you know, you, you kind of, like, you don't have to like it. You don't have to whatever, but you understand understand it while mm-hmm. you're doing it. And that's what I loved about the clips I've seen so far from Matt Blooms.
1: Thank you. That's 100% what I'm trying to do when I make, because I, I said we talked about this last time too, but my big thing for filmmaking and writing is um, I really like believable characters. Mm. I care so little about the story and the concept and the overall theme like that's a problem. That's stuff I should be. I have to work on being better at, because all I do is think about character motivations mm. and why people do this, why they don't do that. Mm. In real life, I find it so interesting, it's like, super psychology of why yeah. why people do stuff, because everybody has a reason for doing things. Like mm. the most hated evil people in the whole world that are villains the best villain, best villains as far as character goes are the ones that you go, oh, I can understand the motivation. Like I, I hate them, mm. but I, I do understand the feeling of being alone or I do understand the feeling of needing to be powerful. Mm. Or I do understand the feeling of being embarrassed or like these really relatable feelings and we can look at that character on screen and go, well, I I would never do that.
0: Right, but yes. But I
1: understand loneliness, mm. right? And so I can kind of see if you were desperate enough, you could go that direction. I still think he made the right, wrong choice, but... Mm. And it's so much more interesting than, here's a character who's evil and he wants world domination oh, and you go, yeah. give me a break. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, that's not a motivation for a yeah. person. But people doing things for reasons is exactly what I want to see when yeah. I'm
0: watching. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't have to like your reason, but I, I totally get it. I totally, totally get it. And, like, what's Breaking Bad? You get it? Like, after mm. a while, it's like, okay, this guy is just doing it for himself now. <laughs> but, yeah. But for for a point, you, like, understand it. And that's what this show, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's uh, funny enough, Is animation. Mm. But... Every character, even like the tiny side characters, all their motivations like uh, make sense.
1: What, what show?
0: Arcane. It's oh. a, it's it's actually from a video game. i have not I don't play. It's, okay. I don't know what.
1: Oh, cool. No, that's, a sounds like good League writing. of
0: Legends or League of Legends. It's it's like the video game, but then they took these characters from the video game and they made this show, and it's so short you can watch it in like an afternoon. Okay. Oh, cool. It's like eight episodes or nine episodes. Like, I've seen it twice. That it's really good. And that's the vibe I get from your... F- and I'm only seeing clips. I'm like, okay, so let's talk about the premiere. You have this whole after-party plan. Of course, man,
1: Yeah. I'm you so are
0: excited. such a show person. Like... <laughs> everyone is like come see my film thank you very much go home you're like no 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 you have to come to the party i'm gonna play drums and like where did this you know. idea come from
1: i'm like more me yeah I i've been sitting on this movie for three years so it's all about me i was joking that i was gonna tell people i'm like i'm never gonna get married again i was married once i'm never gonna get married again. So this is like my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so if you would come to my wedding, come to this, which is, I'm joking, obviously, but it is still going to be, I'm still like very excited about mm. it. Um, because I, well, so I play drums. I used to play drums in bands and I don't really do that that much anymore, but I love it. I I wish I did. That's the thing I wish I was the most is I wish I was a professional musician, mm. but I'm not and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I put together this Well, I've been playing in this cover band for the last couple years for fun with some friends of mine, Mm. so uh, so we are all gonna do a set of of like 90s songs, some songs from the movie, um, and we threw in some more songs. So it's gonna be a pretty short set, like 25-ish minutes. Mm. Um, but yeah, the after party is April 10th at the Seahorse, so that's the Sunday. So the movie opens on April 8th, and it plays for a week, so People come out, you know, opening weekend would be great if people came out on opening weekend. And then on Sunday, come to the after party at the Mm.
0: Seahorse. And and like, so you have that set. Is there, are there going to be other people playing or?
1: No, we're just going to, I considered that if we should have other entertainment. But I think it's just going to be like kind of a party. Like we're all going to catch up and Mm. hang out because there's going to be a lot of cast and crew there. But it is open to anyone. It's not just like a private party. Mm. So And like you, you mentioned
0: that if you had the ticket from the show you can just come in or
1: Yeah. Yeah you can just come in for free. And also if you didn't see the movie you can probably just come in for free. But <laughs> <laughs> I put that on the poster to hopefully make people go to the movie too. But if you just come in with, with no ticket stub, we'll still let you in. Just come, <laughs> come anyway.
0: <laughs> oh man. So Nat Blooms is finally done. Mm-hmm. Um One question I usually ask myself in my head, unlike other people that create stuff, how did you know, yeah, it's done, this is it, I'm not going to edit anything, we're not adding Mm. anything anymore, this is it? Um, Especially since you had all this time.
1: a lot of time to do it. Um, I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's done. And then you just sit on it for like a week and you go back and you go, no, let's Let's cut this down a bit more. Like you kind of, I think it's just like giving yourself time to sit on it and then go back and rewatch and then sit on it, go back and rewatch. Mm. Uh, and now I'm like, hmm, maybe we should have cut out another scene. Like, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I don't think it'll ever be done. Like in a way... If it was up to a filmmaker, then they'd you probably go forever. things. Yeah, and I know people like this, like musicians and filmmakers, that just like years and years and years later, they're like, eh, I'm still not ready to release it. You're like, okay, it's your, it's your art. You do what you want. How but long for is me, the film? Uh, an hour and a half. Mm. Yeah. An hour and 38, I think. So mm. just over an hour and a half.
0: Nice. Yeah, nice. I tried
1: to get it to exactly an hour and a half. Um,
0: didn't. Okay, so it's done. This version of it is done, at least. Mm-hmm. People can go see it uh, and then come party with you and your, yeah. and your, and your band. Um, are you writing something? Going to make something anytime soon? Looking at making something?
1: Yeah, so I have... I'm just finishing a documentary. Uh, it's like a TV... Do- it's a half-hour TV documentary on Rebecca Thomas, a local uh, poet, author, activist. Um, so it's a... Half-hour TV documentary on her. She's Mi'kmaq, so she does, but the, she doesn't speak Mi'kmaq because her father went to residential school and lost his language there. So she Ooh. is a writer and a poet and communicates very much with words, but is reclaiming that part of her life, her language. Right, so, right, right. So that's a documentary. Was it called? W- words matter.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. How like how did this come about?
1: Uh, I pitched it. I, I had it as an idea and I pitched it uh, to a few. Places I pitched it to CBC and they uh, said yes. Mm.
0: So you you kind of have a relationship with her, or how did you?
1: With get Rebecca? Out? No, actually, I heard her on. A, I just knew who she was from afar, and um, a friend of mine, Tara Thorne, has mm. a podcast called The Tideline, and she was Rebecca was on that podcast, and I really liked her on it. Mm. And I asked her, I was like, Is she? Um, is she cool? Because she also she seems a little scary. Like, she's so smart and and very, like, she has strong opinions, Mm -hmm. so I was just like, is she gonna, like, be mad at me if I ask to make a documentary about her or not? And Mm. she was so nice. She was so welcoming and she's like, trusted me with with the filmmaking part Mm -hmm. and uh, she has since seen the movie and she liked it a lot,
0: Mm. so that's good.
1: but I didn't know her. I just thought it was a really cool person, right. and I was just like, "This is a great story," and I'd like to make a documentary about her. So I asked her for her permission. She said yes, and then I pitched it to CBC. So that's going to air on CBC, I think, uh, this summer. I don't know the exact date. Right. So that's where I'm how long did up you right
0: take now. to make that? Well, <coughs> we at least a shooting part.
1: Uh, we shot for eight days total. Mm. Yeah, and. Yeah,
0: I'm actually really happy we, with it. It's we, cool. d- d- we, you made that film where you actually went the hospital, well, in the hospital uh, documentary. The the way you actually ended up in the hospital. Uh, we, it's not wind talker, spirit talker, is it? Spirit. Talker?
1: Oh yeah 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 spirit talker yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just got nominated for a Canadian Screen Award for... for
0: see, I you just mentioned something. it in passing. I know. <laughs> like, oh, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, it seems like it's a very braggy thing. <laughs> to be like, oh, the Canadian Screen Award no, nomination. No, like,
0: okay, see, here's the thing. Yeah. You won- You did the work, right? I mean, Jesus, you were in the hospital, actually.
1: Yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. I thought you meant I did a documentary about hospitals. No, no, was, no, you were like, actually, you were
0: literally in the hospital.
1: When I was filming that that show and that mm. was a couple years ago now but yeah we were filming that it's a documentary series uh, on aptn i uh fell in my hotel room mm. like just in like tripped getting into the bathtub like like an old lady or something <laughs> and i tripped and smashed like down on my leg and mm. couldn't walk and went to the hospital and couldn't walk for like just had crutches for a right. few weeks like it wasn't broken but it was like damaged so <laughs> and then directed the rest of the show on Crouches. Yep, oh, yep,
0: yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, you put in our work. Okay, yeah, so, so I
1: deserve the award, you know, the nomination after uh, all that You, you, I You've
0: through. done documentary, you've done Now Night Blooms, like this fiction, mm-hmm. you've done shop Film and all this stuff. Do you prefer one to the other, real life yeah, versus make shit uh, up?
1: Yeah, I would prefer uh, doing more like narrative drama more. I really like doing both, of course, and I always love opportunities coming my way. So, like, please give me... Hi, things. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's something about drama that's just, like, it's so freeing. Mm. Because with a documentary, I feel like I'm viewing someone else's story, and I'm going to do my best to tell their story the way I feel it should be told, or, you know, with respect and mm-hmm. understanding and compassion. But when you're... I feel like my job is different as a director, as a documentary documentary and that's how i feel like my approach is uh but then a a drama like night blooms it's just like this is me i could just go crazy (laughs) are you always gonna make
0: movies about uh, snippets of your life or is this gonna be a thing now
1: no okay i don't think so although so i have two more features that i'm working on three more oh my goodness three more features it's crazy but i do um I have a time travel movie that I've been working on for a few years. So is
0: it going to be the bigger version of the of?
1: Kind of, yeah. Okay. So I have a short called called Play Rewind Play. Yeah. Um, that I did a few years ago, and it's it's like near future time travel, um, earthly sci-fi. I think is the genre they call it. Um, kind of. It it takes place in the same universe as that. Oh. it's That's a psychological thriller time travel movie. Okay. So, that, but time travel is my favorite thing ever. So, right. all, I just love it. I'm just obsessed.
0: Because, like, your film is sort of time travel you know, Yeah, because we're going back.
1: It right. takes place in the 90s. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about, I, don't, I just think time is so interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> how time works, how, like, we don't understand mm. how it works. Why does it move forward, not backwards? Yeah. Why cannot, why, why can we not figure out
0: how, to, how go back. to,
1: not only not go backwards, but we can't even slow it down we can't adjust it we can't fast forward it Mm. i find it so cool that we can just don't know so i love the idea of of just fucking with it and going and bending it and doing stuff like that just from a story perspective i think it's so interesting Hmm. um but yeah so i have that that uh mike volpe is is the producer of it i'm co-producing and writing directing um so hopefully we get that made we don't have uh we're not planning to go to camera yet, but we're trying to get that one made. Mm. Um, and then I have optioned a book. So, my great grandmother, her name was Elizabeth Gowdy. She's an Inuit from Labrador. And she wrote and published a book called Woman of Labrador. And it was about her life. Living oh, wait, off I've the seen
0: land. an Instagram post to put up that. I oh, think. yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So, that's my great grandmother's book. I've optioned that book to turn that into a feature film. Mm. So, I'm writing that script. Hmm.
0: I mean I, I've not read the book but it seemed like it seemed more like these are these people that leave there what are how are you gonna make that into a film? Yeah
1: well I mean it is sort of it's a it's about her life she actually wrote the book as just like keeping uh history written down to pass along to her children, right, and their children. Yeah. that's why she had it and then uh, a publisher heard about it and approached her to publish the book so she was a, an author. She wasn't really an educated woman at all. She was just writing this stuff down for her children. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has since been uh, published. Uh, there have been several editions published. Uh, there's a play called Woman of Labrador based on the book that toured oh. Canada several times. Uh, a song of the same name was written by and and covered uh, over the years. Uh, the NFB made a documentary back in the 90s, I think about it, right, or the 80s right, called right. Family of Labrador. So it's a story that's been told and retold. And I think the, the, the thing about that story that is kind of keeps people coming back is, um, it's how she was living off the land, but very much like about resilience and family values. And she was like a very strong woman and very like, um, uh, you know, had the death of a couple of her children to live through. And just like these sad stories about digging a grave to put your dead kid in there and you yeah it takes you three days to dig the grave because the ground's frozen and like it's just these these things you read and you're like oh my gosh like this was just a couple generations ago and this a, is how people live if,
0: if everything lines up do you have to shoot it there or
1: yeah i think we would be shooting it in labrador for sure i, I feel like it would be disrespectful to yeah. labrador not to shoot it there That's,
0: i can't even imagine it yeah. i watched this I, don't, I guess, documentary about this guy that decided to cycle across Canada. Mm-hmm. And then there's this, like, ice bridge up there. It's, like, in in, in this winter... It be, in the summer, it's kind of, like... It's, it's in winter, it becomes this frozen, huge slab of ice, and then... I'm also watching is and how do people live there, but then they figure out how to fish, oh, and, yeah, like, yeah. how to, like...
1: Ice fishing
0: and stuff? It's That's insane fair. how people it's it's resilience yeah that's the word.
1: Resilience is the word I keep going back <laughs> yeah, to because yeah. I and I didn't I lived in Labrador for a year when I was a teenager because a lot of my family are still there so my oh. mother's from Labrador and and a lot of my family still live there so my grandmother this the author's daughter the, the author I just mentioned is my great-grandmother mm-hmm. my grandmother is Grace Hope and she helped raise me she had a big hand in raising me when I was growing up in Yarmouth and then she moved back to Labrador mm. and I moved with her for about a year. I stayed there and then I came back to, to Nova Scotia. So I got a like, little taste of like, kind of what Labrador is like, but yeah. it's an interesting landscape. Mm. And, I, and I know that the people of Labrador are very proud, very proud of Labrador. And it's, um, it's an interesting place for a story to be told and there are, haven't been a lot of stories told there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, in film. So I, w- I would like to do that someday, but that's down right, the road. The
0: logistics of that, just, I'm just wrapped, trying to wrap my mind around the logistics of that. And it's like, it's going to be
1: insane. It's going to be a big <laughs> one. And I, I'm writing it knowing that. Okay. Because most of the stuff, like Nightblooms, I'm writing no- Nightblooms thinking, how can we do this with barely any money? Like, mm. it's small—it's a small movie. Mm. Um, and my, even my time travel movie is kind of a small movie because it's more psychological thriller. It's not like flying cars and stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, more character based. Mm. Um and then this is the movie I may, uh, maybe we'll make after that, which would be a much bigger film. So right. I would have to bring on like co-producers and yep. maybe get us you know, some names and stuff mm. because it would be taking place in the winter mm. with like dog sleds and like snowstorms. I mean, yeah. So it's not a small movie. Yep. So I'm writing for the first time, writing a, a big movie because I usually write mm. very small, mm. tiny things.
0: Well, what is the third one then?
1: Yeah, the third one is a story called Non-Status that I haven't talked about yet. Hello. You're getting exclusive. I'm always getting exclusive. Um, And this is sort of more back to me, Mm. my personal again, because so I grew up, um, so my mother is indigenous and my dad is uh, French from uh, French Acadian. I grew up in this small town with my grandmother being very close to me and my aunts and uncles very much like look native. Mm. (laughs) And I just assumed I also did. looked like that and everyone in the small in the small town that I grew up in knows who my family are Mm. so like there was like some racism and some like you know things said here and there about like being native or whatever um and then leaving Yarmouth and then coming to Halifax people would go oh you're you're native or you're indigenous you don't look it Mm. and so I found it, it I've always been like I've always had an issue with identity in that way because I grew up in the culture, I've been uh, a member of the Native Council of Nova Scotia. My mother's on the board of the Native Council of Nova Scotia. I grew up with, uh, you know, my grandmother making moccasins, and like I learned how to make dream catchers at a very young age. So that's always been a part of my culture. But I've also um, benefited from white privilege my whole life because it, I look like a white person. So mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't, I don't consider myself a person of color, and I don't, I do kind of consider myself a white person but i I am also indigenous so like i have this where do i fit in what am i uh allowed to claim and not claim Mm. as far as it's a sticky it's a sticky area and it's a sticky conversation to have and i think it's a conversation that people are afraid to have right now Mm -hmm. um and i am not a status indian as they say i'm not even first nation i'm inuit which is a different thing but mm. um growing up people would be like well are, are, are you native are you status or not like that was this thing that meant you're legit or not legit mm. and and now um in the last few years people have claimed to be indigenous and they're not
0: like the lady there was it was a big thing she's seen cbc i think
1: she uh yeah i think uh, i know who you're talking about um uh yeah her and the, there was there was a, a yeah
0: she made this show that was kind of like um, indigenous people, but she wasn't. And it was this big show, and then she had to go. And then yeah. the show was canceled. It's kind of weird that they canceled the show, though.
1: We, I don't, I don't know what the right thing to do is no. to cancel or not cancel. Because... No, they
0: should not cancel. Like, yes, she developed it, but just.
1: Like, because the, they're giving jobs to uh, indigenous actors and I know, right? So you're then you're kind of punishing people that weren't doing anything wrong, right. like canceling the show, right? Yeah, right?
0: Yeah, I I I'm, I'm like, no. But then, is
1: it tainted? Is it like, yeah? But this was created by somebody who doesn't know that they pretended to know that life or not. I mean, I don't even know if she was pretending or not because there's some debate about. It. She's like, I really did think that was. I was told that that was my family background. Mm turns out it wasn't so like maybe she was actually legit misunderstanding what her family background was Mm. I don't know or maybe she completely made it up I don't know this person and I'm not trying to bash her but like we do have we've seen that happen Mm. a few times where Mm. people either are misunderstanding like making a real mistake about their background or they straight up are are checking a box that they know they don't belong in because they want to get more funding or whatever Mm -hmm. so like that happens pisses me off when that happens of course mm. but um because you're taking money away from people taking funding and opportunities away from people that it was allocated for mm-hmm. um so i've danced around i've gone back and forth in my own mind about is isn't that
0: case though why do you think you struggle with it like because you yeah, look the way I've you had, do
1: yeah i've had this conversation before and people <laughs> my mother's like no, we're, we're indigenous though. Like, there's, no, there's no, and, and I'm really lucky because, because of my great grandmother's book, I just mentioned, I actually have you proof, are proof. And like, it's, you know, you can go online and read the all about her Inuit person, culture. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like, I, I'm like, look, I can really point to where I come from. Yeah. But for a little while, I didn't know if I, I didn't have it in my bio. So I have a bio written like Stephanie's a filmmaker, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And then a friend of mine was like, why don't you say an indigenous filmmaker? Mm. And I was like, Well, I mean, it's true, I am. But is it like, we, like, if I say indigenous, shouldn't I also say and part French? Like, why would I be claiming one part of my culture and not the other?
0: Because you're more one, like, from what you're saying, that's kind of, like, that's really where you grew up, right?
1: But I was raised most of my life by my dad, Mm. who's French, right? And I went to a French school, and, like, Uh and and I'm also proud of being French-Acadian. Like, I'm, I'm proud of both. But, like... So I've always sort of been like, I don't know. So what is
0: non-status going to be exactly? Oh, yeah, I
1: forgot. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that was the idea. Yeah. And then non-status is a a young woman. I have her in her early 20s right now. Um, And she grows up next to a reserve, but not on a reserve. So her, like me, has one parent that's white, one parent that's indigenous. Mm -hmm. And she looks very white. Mm
0: -hmm. And she
1: lives with uh, her cousin, who has the same... Uh, one parent indigenous one parent white but looks very presents indigenous, more yeah. native and so the the where do I belong kind of where do I fit in and and all the friends being from the reserve uh nearby who all are status natives mm. and like her not really fitting in with that culture but and then and so I have um it goes pretty uh, it's I'm just still just at the beginning stage of creating that so I don't mm-hmm. want to get too but it gets pretty dark there's some like there's a there's a white police officer that comes to town is stationed in town and she starts to have a relationship with him, which really divides her from her culture even more. Mm. So, yeah, huh. yeah. So that's sort of the that's so, the messy. Like, of world. all these
0: three films you're working on, that one looks like the most likely the next one you'll make.
1: Well, I like all hope my time, three. I hope my time travel movie gets because I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I have like I've been writing that for years.
0: The time travel one, yeah. <laughs> but you've sat down on Night Blooms this long so
1: you know <laughs> you never know you never know
0: <laughs> okay yeah. so uh, Night Blooms comes out April 8th
1: April 8th it starts in Halifax for. it'll be playing for a week if you can come out opening weekend that would be awesome and then on Sunday April 10th come on over to the after party at the Seahorse
0: come party and see you playing drums and stuff
1: Can can I say something uh, before we're finished about... uh, So the first time we did this, you you put it out in in two parts. It was like Stephanie's interview part one and part two. And I thought it was so funny because part one came out and it got like a lot of views on YouTube. It was like thousands, some, over a thousand or Uh-oh. something. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> people love me. And then part two came out and it was like a hundred views. <laughs> and I was like, never mind.
0: <laughs> no, people love you. People love you.
1: But it was a nice like mm. ego boost and then immediately take it back down. When nobody watched part two, everyone was like, no, we've seen part one. We don't need to see anymore okay. of her.
0: <laughs> this, this is all going to be chopped up. I cannot show you that. It's going to come out in one whole no. loop. It's and funny. I, um, I, I, I personally can't wait to see um, Night Blooms because I've just seen clips, and I just want to say thank you for creating. And I can't see the next thing you create.
1: Thanks. I hope you come to come to the movie and come to the Seahorse, and we'll all hang out and talk about it. <laughs>